Tickets, please. Take your seat and enjoy the ride. All aboard! <laughs> Welcome on board the Ghost Train. This is the podcast that brings you right into the creepy and freaky world of the paranormal. Stay up to date with all the fun of the Ghost Train podcast by following the GT on Instagram at Ghost Train Podcast, Twitter at Ghost Train PC, or on Facebook you can search Ghost Train Podcast. This is where I post videos and pics that the guests and I talk about on the show. And I also share interesting paranormal articles and my life events. Like last week when I had the opportunity to hang out and drink some Crystal Head vodka with one of the OG Ghostbusters, that's right, Dan Aykroyd. We shared some Caesars and lots of laughs. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and share the ghost train with your friends and family. All right, let's get down to business. This week I chatted with Monica, who's an energy reader with Colorado Paranormal Seekers, and Robert, the lead investigator from Front Range Paranormal Research Society. They're both back on board the GT to tell us all about their co-investigation of the haunted Dickens Opera House. Here we go. Next stop, Haunted Opera House. All aboard! I have Monica and Robert on board the ghost train today, and these are two separate investigators from two different teams. So you're calling in today from uh, Haunted Colorado Springs, and the two of you have a super scary story to tell about an investigation that you did about a week ago at the Dickens Old Opera House. And Monica, that, is that in Longmont, uh, Colorado? In Longmont, Colorado. Yeah, right. you almost had it. I, I almost had it. I was so close. So, Monica, Robert, take it away. So, we were able to investigate Dickens Opera House. And if you're from Colorado, you know Lawnmont. Dickens Opera House has been around forever. It's one of the original buildings that was built down on Main Street in, in Lawnmont. Sorry, it was built in 1818. Yeah. From Mr. Dickens. Uh, the opera house was built a little bit later from his brother. Um, now, is, Dickens, that, is that Dickens? Is he the, the one that made that famous cider? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Not the Dickens cider? No, I know. I don't think so. I don't even know what that is, so I'm assuming no. <laughs> okay, okay. He was Charles Dickens' cousin? That did the he opera was, house? Yeah, he was, he was related to Charles Dickens. Correct, yeah. Um, the Dickens uh, house was a bank. It had a banking system in it along with a bar. The bar was on one side of the building and the banking system was on the opposite side um, of the building. And then his cousin came in and they built the opera house on top later on. Okay. So, um, Dickens Opera House has a lot of history. A lot of things have happened there, um, including a suicide in the vault room. Um, there was torture in the green room. Uh, so hold on, let me just stop you there. What did you pick up on anything in the green room when you were kind of doing a, your famous walkthrough of, of this building? So the um, yeah the green room was pretty intense. The only thing I really got um, when we were doing a walkthrough was um, I felt like someone was like sitting on my chest and choking me at the same time. 
Um, along with another investigator, she felt something grab her leg, like, at the same time. Mm. But um, in the green room, there is, like, a storage shed, uh, just like a closet, basically. And in the closet is where the torture and killing took place. Um, when I went into that room, I had such a hard time. I didn't want to be in there. I felt like... You know, I felt like I was somewhere where I shouldn't be. And that awkward feeling of I need to leave now because this wasn't a place where I could have access to, if that makes sense. Like, I need to leave now. Like, you did not belong there. You need to get out. Yeah, kind of like going into a teenager's room. Like, you... (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I needed to leave now. So I had a really hard time reading in there. I felt very uncomfortable. I was off my game when I was in there. I just couldn't get my burns right. So Mm. in that room, I just, I left. Um, Also in the green room is where a killing took place between two um, singers. A singer was having a romantic uh, rendezvous with her singer so she was married and who she would sing with she decided to have a romantic relationship with and when her husband found out he ended up killing that man oh god yeah in the green room in the so there's two stories right how old the building is one green room in the other story was uh, in the theater, on the theater stage. Which, on the theater stage, they said that there's stuff that happens there, too. Like, there's lights that will turn on while while people are performing, just out of the blue. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Um, there's the bridal room. The bridal room has a lot of activity that happens there. Um, anywhere from whispers to hearing a lady or like what we caught was a white dot orb. It was, it didn't even look like an orb. It was like a white dot. It didn't look like an orb. It was really weird because you posted this video on, was it Twitter or Instagram? And it, it comes out of nowhere. It was almost like the, like, was it you filming Monica? It was me filming me with actually my phone. Okay, because I heard uh, it must have been in your voice then because you said, oh, I just saw something, and then I didn't see anything, and then it came back into frame, right? Right. It came back to frame. So we had And then you saw it again because if you didn't see it the first time with your regular eyes, and then all of a sudden it just comes back in, and it's the same thing again. It's just so – it was so weird. And the way it was moving was the other thing that really captivated me to realize and sort of think, like, this is not just a dust particle or a bug. It was so, so different, right? Right. It's, yeah, it is so different. So here in Colorado, um, we're just now getting warm. So there's not, like, a lot of bugs around yet, right? Because yeah. we get pretty cold up here. Um, yeah. so oh, yeah. But we, we had seen it in a video, another video, and it was just the last part of it. And I thought I'd seen it. 
And I was telling one of my investigators, Jocelyn, wait, I think I just seen something like do what you were doing to see if we can debunk it or not. Mm -hmm. So we go through those steps. She's looking around. She's putting the lights up. She's putting the lights down. She's putting, you know, the recorder, the EMF detector. Like we just had things all over the place and it, it wasn't doing anything. And then all of a sudden we heard something from the bathroom area. And then that's when we see the little white dot. The bathroom area is the hallway that connects the opera house to where the bridal room is at. So it's just like a, a hallway going towards the left and then a hallway going towards the right. And then you're in this big opera house. So, right. yeah, we, we just, I stayed still. She kept on moving around and she was kind of still moving around when he seen the white dot too. So it yep. wasn't like, do you know what I mean? It wasn't like a, we made it and we stayed still and we just made this white dot. She was moving around and then this white dot comes along. But um, it it was a weird feeling being in that room, looking out to the hallway, to the doorway that you see us filming in. We were getting the heebie-jeebies just from the room looking out. And that's when we stood up and I put myself out in that hallway just to kind of feel what was going on. Oh, man. And Monica, what made you say heebie-jeebies right now? (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's the feeling of someone watching you and you feel like you can look up and see someone there with the naked eye and not see anything at all. Oh, God. That is the heebie-jeebies. I'm getting them right now. <laughs> I'm, like, feeling that. Like, that, that. That's the stuff that just freaks you out when you know that there's something there and you can't see anything, Right. Right. It's that uncomfortable feeling and you can't see it with your naked eye. So you want to try to make logic out of it, but there is no logic to make. So when I see something like that and someone else does, that just confirms my feeling. And then internally, all I want to do is say, okay, well, what is it then? Let's take a little step further. Let's get into now their bubble, their zone. And let's see if I can, being a sensitive, talk to them or try to talk to them. Not every spirit wants to talk to you. Let me tell you about that. They care less about you. You're one of a gazillion people that come through. They just don't care. Um, So I try to, you know, then, okay, I'm a paranormal investigating team. Let's see if I can document this. So what I'm feeling everyone else can see. So, you know, I, I, my team, my poor team, I always make them come here, you know, see if you can feel anything. Do you feel anything weird? And always if yes, then I, you know, start trying to break it down. Okay. Man or woman? Child? Scared? What's their demeanor like? What are they wearing? And can I ask you, since you're since you're an energy reader and not necessarily a medium or like a psychic, what do you pick up when you're trying to figure out if it's a man or a woman? 
or what do you pick up if it's a child or an adult? Like, what are the, like, how do you know? And how do you know that you're not being tricked by some smarter entity? You know what I mean? Yeah. So usually when I start to feel, um, I'll try to feel like their demeanor. So if it's a woman's demeanor or a man's or if it's a child, um, sometimes I can see them right away. And, and it's it's easier to give a reading. And when I can't see them right away, like that hallway, uh, they mm-hmm. didn't they didn't want me to see them right away. So no. Uh, no. So then I try to see what kind of like personality, so their demeanor. What what are they doing? How are they acting towards me? Um, are they speaking? Are they not speaking? Um, that hallway had a man in it. Because it was a taller person, taller than a female, broad shoulders. Um, mm. That's all that they would give me. So when they don't want to talk, I kind of pry to see how much I can get before they'll leave or tell me to leave. <laughs> and have you ever tried to push the boundaries of that? I do sometimes when it's not like an investigation like this where the building's so big, I don't push because I don't have enough of me to keep on going, if that makes sense. If it's a smaller place, like a residential or a smaller building, then I will sit there and just keep on trying to talk to them until they give in, which is nice and not nice at the same time. Because if it's someone that needs help, then I'm able to help them because I did break barriers to get to them. Right. But if they didn't want their barrier to be broken, then I don't feel like it's a nicer thing to do. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, very cool. A little bit of history into that whole opera house building. And, mm-hmm. and so during your investigations, both of you kind of encountered a few different things. Robert, what did you kind of start to uh, encounter and and feel as well. The first thing that we really noticeably encountered, Monica and her team were on the first floor. It's, you know, it's a basement. First floor is the, the bar, restaurant, kitchen area, and the upper floor is the opera house stage, green room, and all of that. Monica was still setting up a little bit. We were done, and I was like, well, Let's go upstairs. We'll kind of start. It was all, it was kind of late and limited on some time. So we're like, let's get going, you know, so we can get as much done as possible in the short amount of time that we have. So we went upstairs, kind of double-checked everything, cameras, made sure everything was looking good. And we just went and sat on the stage. I don't want to say it was pitch black in there because there are windows. Uh, street lights are on, you know, uh stoplights are on and they would go green and black inside the uh, room every now and then and while we sat there we, we would get every now and then a little like some noises behind us or to the side um had a hard time really like saying what it was because you know it's dark i was like i don't know i don't see nothing uh, i had some cold feelings um not in the sense of a breeze or a draft more like isolated like you know you got an ice pack on your arm or something like that you know it's isolated in a general area so in the beginning it was kind of kind of took a minute to get stuff going 
and we went into the bridal room, and <laughs> oddly enough, I fell asleep in one of the chairs because, man, they were very comfortable. And I was sitting in there, had my voice recorder going, and just asking questions. And again, the cold feelings start uh, coming on to one of my investigators. And she asked, she's like, man, I'm getting to know this cold feeling on my back. And then she asked the question, you know, are you touching me? And audibly in the room, you don't, we didn't hear anything. Um, so we don't know what we caught at that moment in time, obviously. So we go, uh, when I, I finally got home, and I think it was uh, that following weekend, going through some audio, and I get to that point, and you hear her, and she's like, I'm cold. Man, it feels like someone's touching me. And are you touching me? And I catch a faint woman's voice saying, yes. I was like, okay, you know, we got we got something here. Because it, it, the night just seemed really, it, it seemed like there was something there, but it didn't want to come out and show anything. And, you know, we were kind of doubting a lot of things. Like, I was like, man, I'm like, you know, I don't really know. It's just really weird here. There's not a whole lot going on. And, like, I don't feel, I never feel, like, I don't know, like, maybe I don't know how to read what I'm feeling yet, or if I ever will, I don't know. But I just didn't feel anything to me. Although that opera room, that place creeped me out, and I don't know why. It was a really weird feeling, like, dark and a big open room, and you walk into that, and just an odd feeling to me. Um, so we get this, I get this EVP, uh later after I got home and I was able to have some time to listen but we had a really weird moment happen um, we were leaving the bridal room and we were walking uh, to the green room and you have to cut through the uh, opera floor the stage area and in the stage area there's a bar dance floor uh, tables and whatnot. And we're walking through, we walk past the bar, and on my audio, I can tell where we're at. Every moment, I'm like, I know where we're at, I know where we're at. I can tell when we get into the uh, the stage area, because the heat was on, and it was making a lot of noise, and it was very easy to pick up. And, and no, so Robert, when you say you know where you, you can tell where you're at, is it pitch black in there? Pretty dark. But uh, on the recording, I was able to tell just by listening, I could tell where we were. Like, so you're you're going through this place, pitch black, no light. You're not in in any kind of infrared lighting through a camera or anything like that. No, we're pretty much walking. Like I had a flashlight with me. Um, I tend not to turn it on too much if I if I don't have to. But so it's generally not I'll walk. It's, it's no, not I on. No, I generally walk in the dark. Um, I'll click it on, maybe really quick, kind of get my bearings, figure out where I'm at, what's in front of me, or where I want to go, and what may be in front of me. But other than that, I don't walk with it on very much um, for that reason. And it makes a pretty distinct noise when you turn it on and off. Yeah, it's like, like a... Oh, yeah, I can tell. I can tell when I turn my flashlight on. I'm like, well, that was me. And yeah. That's what I mean. Like, you're going through this place in the pitch black. I've never been there. That's the first time I've ever been there. Never, never that- been in this building in my life. And just on this recording, 
as I'm listening to it, I can pick up where we're at at that moment. So we How? start in the bride room. Can you pick up on that moment if you've never been there? I don't know. I could just tell. You could just tell. I, I'm just confused. I'm just like, that's why I thought that you had been there so many times because you're like, yeah. I knew where I was. No, it's not, not like the pink Cadillac. But here, yeah, never never been there. I've only heard about, you know, only heard stories from uh, other teams that I've worked with and whatnot. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, the Dickens, you know, Opera House up in Longmont and everything. So I'm like, okay, that's, you know, cool. Um, so as we're walking, from our from the bridal room, which is quiet, like very quiet, and as you walk through these doors into the opera floor stage area, it gets loud. So I could tell I'm like, all right, I know where we're at. And we get in front of the bar, and we I had a walkie-talkie, and uh, Monica and them they had a walkie-talkie. You know, big big you know big buildings, so you know we can get a hold of each other easily. You know, emergencies or you know we just switching areas or like hey let's meet up and regroup and come up with a different game plan we we get in front of the bar and i could have swore i heard the walkie-talkie make that little chirp noise like someone's you know uh someone pressed the talk button and thought i heard a woman's voice come through i was like huh it must be trying to get a hold of us because i had it uh clipped on my pants pocket so it was down by my hip and they weren't really loud. I wouldn't have them turned up like super loud because obviously you don't want the thing when it's quiet and that thing comes on and it scares the shit out of you. Because also yeah. there's just talking and you jump. So yeah, Monica, you know all about that, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> so we walk in front of the bar, walkie-talkie chirps. Faintly, we hear a woman kind of mumbling. Couldn't make out what was said. So I, you know. Maybe they're trying to get a hold of us. You know, maybe they want to switch or, you know, something something happened. So I grab my walkie-talkie, and I'm like, hey, you know, hey, what's up? Or like, hey, you try to get a hold of us. And they answer me back with no. And I was like, you didn't just try to call us on the walkie-talkie. She's like, no. I was like, I heard the walkie-talkie beep, and I heard a woman's voice. I'm like, how is that not you guys trying to get a hold of us? And she's what? like, we've been sitting here, and the walkie-talkie's been in my pocket. I was like, okay. <laughs> that um, makes no sense. Monica, what the fuck happened? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really cool because upstairs in the bar area, I was drawn to a corner, and um, we start doing our thing. We're doing the portal. We're doing the ovulus. I'm recording I'm also having the EMF on the table, and at some point, I say, you know, there's this woman, and I sit down really close to where she's located, and I keep on telling her, I'm trying to listen to you, hon. I am. I'm trying to hear you, but I just couldn't hear her. She was, like, annoyingly trying to get my attention to talk to, but I couldn't hear her. I couldn't make out anything that she was trying to tell me. And the ovulus is saying her, and the purdle is saying, like, you know, listen. And that's when we hear the chirp go off for the walkie-talkies. Collectively, as a team, we look at each other like, what the hell? And Jocelyn grabs it and says, did you call us? And you hear Robert say, no, we heard a voice. We heard Monica, which could be 
just a woman's voice. Um, and uh, we're like, no. And you hear me in the video saying, well, she was trying to get a hold. She wanted to, you know, be heard. And my theory is that she was being heard through the walkie-talkie. But, it, yeah, we didn't beat them. They didn't beat us. But it did go off on Robert's side. Oh, God. So, so guys, that's just... Let's just divulge how freaking creepy that actually is. That it's gonna get weirder in a minute. Oh my god! Like how much weirder or creepier can we get? I have my my wrist recorder on, just a voice recorder. You wear it like a watch. Freeze up yeah. my hands. Yeah. Uh, and I have that going, and I'm like, so you know, all all this takes place, and I'm like, all right. And I have, and my walkie-talkie was clipped on my left side, wrist recorder on my left wrist. I'm like, all right, this had to get picked up on my my recorder. Like it was just too close to in proximity of each other, had to get picked up. Big so time. the uh, so the weekend rolls around, uh, start listening to some audio, and I'm like, I'm anticipating this point in the audio. I'm like, I know I'm gonna get to it. It's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be awesome. I, I get to that point. And I start hearing the I and I hear the walkie-talkie go off. Now I hear we walk out of the bridal room, go into the opera floor, so I can hear um, I hear the, the the vent system. You know, I hear the fans running. I was like, all right, we're in. I was like, all right, it's coming up, it's coming up. I'm listening like really closely. I'm like squishing the headphones on my ears so I drown out everything else, and I don't hear the walkie-talkie beep. I don't hear myself talk. I hear Monica's investigator, Jocelyn, say no. And I was like, wait a minute. I, I know I spoke. I know I grabbed the walkie-talkie, and I know I said something. Where's that at? And at no point did I hear my audio cut out. Like, the recording didn't just, like, like fade out or, like, get distorted. Because I could hear the humming of the fans the whole time. And on my recorder, if you shut it off and turn it on, it creates a new audio file. And, you know, it kept going. Like, the whole conversation of us on the walkie-talkie was there when we finally all started talking. And I was like, there's no way my recorder did not pick up what I said. I'm like, this makes no sense whatsoever. And um, I'm listening to this the, the day we had, a, we had an investigation at the Pink Cadillac Boutique. And I messaged Monica. I'm like, Monica, I'm like, I'm bringing my laptop. You have to hear this audio. I was like, it's the walkie-talkie moment. I don't know what happened. She's like, all right. So I play it for her. Um, my other investigator that was with me, she had a, a handheld voice recorder going, and she pulls it out. She's like, she's like, let me see. She's like, give me, and we're at the Pink Cadillac while we're listening to this, all of this. She's like, let me see your headphones. She's like, I'm going to listen to my audio, and I'm going to find that point. I'm like, okay. She's listening. And, she, like, and all of a sudden you hear her. She's like, oh, my God, you guys got to hear this. It's like, Okay. Her audio doesn't pick up the initial chirp and the talking. Her audio picks up my voice when I said, you know, like, hey, what's up? Her audio picked up my voice, and then you hear Jocelyn say no. But on my audio, you don't hear my voice, but you hear Jocelyn say no. And, like, I can sync everything up, and I have no idea why my audio cut me out. Weird. So 
weird. Like, why would that happen? And when I There's bring the walkie sort of interference going on with the with the two audios, where it's like we don't want you two to be communicating right now. Do you know what I mean? Like there's something, yeah. something's happening with that system. No idea. And the whole time Monica was recording on her phone. So she yeah. has her phone being uh, downstairs with them recording. So we have. Good job, Monica. Good job. You got to get everything recorded, everything documented with something, right? I agree. Doesn't matter so, if it's phone or, or what. You got to have something going. So very – I don't even know what to say happened. I mean, I'm sure somebody has some explanation of what happened, and, I mean, that that's fine. I could maybe believe it. I don't know. But all I know is I was there, and we heard a woman's voice come over the walkie-talkie, and neither one of us was trying to get a hold of anybody. We were just all doing our thing, and then all of a sudden this just came up. So <laughs> I, well, I don't know what to say happened. You know what? I some people might have a theory, but I don't think that they will actually have an explanation for it. I, I'm fairly skeptical on a lot of stuff. You know, I'll be like, you know, there's got to be an answer. But once I can't figure out something, like, I, like I, I couldn't tell you. I'm not. I don't know. Maybe the the walkie-talkie waves bounced off something, and I don't know. <laughs> couldn't tell you. I'm not some scientific engineer that could give an answer to this you know a logical answer to this i couldn't tell you all i know is it was weird and so weird that my audio didn't pick it up but somebody else's did we both thought we were trying to get a hold of each other so i you know i couldn't tell you what was going on that night it was just definitely weird the beep noise is a very high-pitched noise that you will hear and if that doesn't show up on the tape or the recording later, that doesn't make any sense. And that's something that needs to be reevaluated yeah. to try and really figure out what's going on. But this building that you were investigating has so much history to it. And again, all history is not necessarily good history because a lot of the history to this one building is kind of dark history. And that has ties to the KKK, right? Yeah. So were you able to pick up on any of that um, feelings and negative vibes to this building? Or was it just something that you came across through readings about the building and history about the building that you kind of saw this, the ties to the KKK? Or were you actually able to pick up on that going into the building? So um, a little bit of everything, right? But going into the Dickens, there is history of KKK members in the city of Lanma, and also there is history of tunnels that tunneled underneath Main Street, so that way KKK members could get away. Um, so and are those tunnels still there? Um, some uh, it's closed up. So the Dickens has theirs closed up. Uh, do other uh, buildings just in Main Street have them still there? Uh, maybe there's a possibility, but the mm -hmm. basement is really 
dark. Uh, dark in the sense of it's it's dingy looking already, and the feeling of dread down there, I think, is very real. Um, but yeah, there is tunnels, and um, I have done a, a meditation session kind of in front of one of the tunnels that has been bricked up, and um, I didn't get good feelings. I got feelings of men coming in and out of the tunnels and um, one actually coming at me. So when I say they're coming at me while I'm trying to um, listen and feel the history and the energy of what was going on in the building, uh, two of them appeared and was coming straight at me to the point where I had to run away from the area. Um, and this was an investigation that I did previously without Robert. Um, but but the feeling of that is still there. It's still that uh, heavy feeling down in the basement. That's scary. That's like severely scared to have something coming at you constantly right and just you have no control right and you have no power that's creepy and that's down the basement like any any place like why the fuck is it always the basement (laughs) always the basement even when we were upstairs and i was trying to talk to the girl I could hear banging coming from the basement. Like, I have that recorded. You could hear big bangs coming from the basement. And, you you know, we do have a camera that was down there, and it only records when there's stuff moving around. Mm-hmm. So, did it record any of it? No. But you hear the banging. But there's nobody moving downstairs either. That's so creepy. So what is that? Where does that come from? How, how do you explain no stuff idea. like that? No idea. No idea. That doesn't make any sense. And so this this old opera house is it like an entertainment area? Like is it is it for like different musical acts to come through and play at? Or yeah. is it? Yeah. So that's what it is yeah. now. The green room that people had been tortured and killed in. Is that still the same green room that musical acts will get ready in? Yes. Wow. Wow. Do they know that? Do they know the history of this building? I don't know. They do have a lot of acts. So especially during the summertime, that Dickens Opera House will be busy all the time. Wow. Um, so do they know when they're coming in? I don't know. Maybe they do share the history. I kind of want to say yes, but I don't know. Because, well, that just makes me think, because Spook Eats, I was talking to Amanda about this, and she was saying that a lot of the the restaurants don't want to tell people that it's a haunted restaurant or a haunted location just because they don't want to scare away customers. And but- we'll well, this telling certain acts like, hey, we're a haunted location, but we still want you to come, would that scare away certain acts from coming to the town? Who knows? But even you were telling me 
below the opera house is a bank. It was a bank, and now it's just it's a bar, and it's a restaurant, and you know there's a banquet area where you can have banquets at. It, it's a it's a bar and a restaurant. Amanda at Spook Eats better get down to you guys in Colorado Springs and investigate and hang out with you two. You know, I was going to shout out to her and say, you need to come to Colorado. Get Um, your ass down there, girl. And a piece of information I didn't tell you was Mr. Dickens built a mansion literally across the street, and it was the Dickens Mansion. He ended up getting killed at his house. His son shot him. Holy shit. His son shot him. Holy crap. Like, this is like major, major Colorado history <laughs> going on here. Yes. You guys should be very privileged to be able to be investigating these areas. This is unbelievable. I, I am so thankful that we are able to have these opportunities to have such history and then able to investigate. And That's them. amazing. Unbelievable, guys. Robert's got a lot of stuff on the go, and he's got a lot of things coming up in the future. So, Robert, why don't you inform all the Ghost Train listeners of what you have in store for them and what they can be expecting of Front Range Paranormal Society? So, as a recording of this, it is April 24th. I just want to make that known. Uh, Tomorrow, April 25th. I actually have a meeting with a potential investigation. Um, I don't want to say much because Monica's on the phone, and she likes to go into stuff blind. Uh, hopefully, she'll be able to make it. She sent me a paragraph or more of what's been going on, and she's actually fearful right now. So that's right up like my alley of wanting to help people. So definitely want to help. So I'm going to meet with her tomorrow. So all this summer at the Pink Cadillac Boutique, we're doing investigations for the public. Um, we set up. It's it's a full-on investigation. There's no – we're only there a couple hours. We're there from about 7 o'clock at night until whenever. Either everybody is freaked out and leaves or, you know, it's with my if Monica's around, we're generally there all night and the sun's coming up. And that's when we're finally walking out the door and locking up. So, Monica, what do you have going on in the near future? So, I have – it is Cripple Creek Jail Museum. That's June 8th. It is on my website or on the page. So, if – Cripple Creek Jail Museum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Sounds Uh, cool. Already. It's over 90 years old. Jeez Louise, you are cut out for something wild that night. Let me I'm tell you. Excited. I'm super excited. Robert's done that to location before, but I, we haven't as a group, so I'm really excited. So if yeah. anyone wants to join, um, they can go to the Facebook page and check it out. Yeah, well, I let me tell you that you should get in contact with Code 3 Paranormal and see if they're up for doing anything that night. 
But that'll be a, a hell of a night, and I'm I'm looking forward to hearing some of the stories that the the two of you have to to offer us here at the Ghost Train. And I thank the two of you for being on board with me and all of us other passengers here. And I look forward to talking to you both very soon about these investigations. So thanks a lot, and we'll talk very soon. Take it easy. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Right, see you. I want to thank my guests Monica from Colorado Paranormal Seekers and Robert from Front Range Paranormal Research Society for being on board the ghost train today. Both teams are doing amazing work and compiling some awesome evidence for all of us. So go check those teams out. And if you're traveling to Toronto or you're currently living in the TDOT, you're not going to want to miss next week's GT podcast. Rowena from Haunted Walk is on board the ghost train and she's telling us all about the haunted history of the six. That's all next week on the Ghost Train Podcast. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to share this podcast with someone you think might be interested in it. Until the next time, good luck sleeping tonight.